For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to discuss practice from today. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to discuss, and I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully, the production on this one, just a little bit cleaner, a little bit better than, than the last one. I apologize for the beginning of last podcast where I wasn't, I was speaking and, and you guys couldn't hear me for a full two minutes. That was very unprofessional, very poorly done. So we, we apologize on our end. That will not happen again, or maybe it will. And we could just all laugh about it. That would be way better than complaining about it. So uh, all good, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by on this afternoon. Uh, lots of good stuff from practice today. Lots of good quotes. I'm going to share a lot of them, and I, I think everybody will be overall excited about where the Nuggets are. The, the format for this particular podcast is going to be uh, reacting to practice. Uh, we're going to share some quotes. I'm also going to share some of those quotes in the second segment, too, talking about just game two adjustments in general uh, and, and sort of where the team is going to go from here. Uh, but also we'll react to some of the playoff matchups and, and what that's going to look like in the other series. We haven't really talked about any of this. Uh, I, I've focused on the Nuggets, focused on everything between the Nuggets and Timberwolves and some of those play-in games. I haven't really talked about the fact that the Clippers won against the Suns in the first game and that they're going to play tonight and we'll see what that looks like. But that's an important one for Denver, obviously, because if they do end up winning this series, then they'll play the winner of the Clippers and Suns. and. So Nuggets fans, I sure, I'm sure have one eye on that series and one eye on this one. So we will see what happens. But yeah, let's talk about practice now. Let's talk about the notes and quotes. Uh, immediately, uh, Denver pushed their, their, their start time for the media entering about 30 minutes back. We got there. I, I got there at like 1130 or so for an 1140 announced start. They pushed that back to 1215. And they wanted to go long. They, they had a lot that they wanted to clean up, a lot that they wanted to go through. And Michael Malone, you've, uh, of all of the, the positivity, he, he's always definitely more focused on the details than just about anybody. He said, we had a good film session, clean up and practice, uh, among other things. Entering that building and entering that gym, you could get the sense that everybody is still super focused. There wasn't a lot of laughter. There wasn't a lot of uh, lighthearted nature. I mean, there were some good moments. And I think when you when you get into like the shooting drills that we, we were able to watch right at the end of this right at the end of this time, 
it was very interesting to see Denver as focused as they have been. And I think this is a nice carryover from last week where Denver found a formula that really worked for them entering game one. And, and why waste it? Why, why screw anything up? Going to enter the rest of the series with that same level of preparation and intensity, trying to get up 2-0 as opposed to splitting 1-1. I think the Nuggets know how important that is. And, and there's definitely that sense from just about everybody. We spoke to Michael Malone. We spoke to Nikola Jokic. I'm going to share a lot of Nikola Jokic quotes right up front here because I think he had a lot of great things to say. Nikola Jokic, we're not going to relax. We know that they're going to go out there and play aggressive, try and surprise us, but I think we are ready. That was the general sentiment from Nikola and, and from the Nuggets in general, is that they, they have a pretty good idea of what the counters are going to be. They, they know that the Timberwolves probably weren't as intense, as aggressive, as under pressure and urgent as they were in the play-in games that they had played last week. This game, in game one, probably had the least pressure of any of the games that the Timberwolves have faced in, in over a week. And Denver, I think, they took advantage of that for sure. But the most important thing for the Nuggets is that they know that they're going to get a better effort. They think that the Timberwolves are going to come back out there and play aggressive. That was a very common senti uh, sentiment from Nikola Jokic, KCP, Michael Malone, in a lot of the conversation and the dialogue that we got. So really important for Denver to take care of business, as Rich says in the chat. Uh, KC says, good, the work is not done. Just take it one game at a time. I agree. And I think that a lot of the Nuggets feel that way too. Uh, immediately after Jokic talked about that, I asked about Jamal Murray and where he thought that the growth in Jamal Murray's game was, and I and just physically and mentally, and I think he said some interesting things. Quote, he's playing the right way. That's the most important thing. He's taking open shots. He's making the open pass. He's attacking the paint. He's reading the game. I think that's the most important. Uh, he continued, he's becoming a star in this league. Every game, he's getting better. And that's important. That's an important aspect. You saw the, the quote that went viral from his media or his post game with TNT. And he said that there's sometimes where Jamal can be the best player or the number one option on the team. I, I think those things are kind of synonymous. And to have a player, Nicola, who is very confident in his own abilities, very confident in uh, like his own status on the team and how important he is, but also is very willing to share the spotlight and, and has always wanted to share the credit with his entire group. I think that's really important. But as we've talked about on this podcast before, Nicola knows and the Nuggets know that how important Jamal Murray is, how important Michael Porter is in terms of taking the pressure off of Nicola. How many times in last year's playoffs do you think Nicola could have won a game by scoring 13 points? Well, the answer is clearly zero. Like they, they could not score unless Nicola was going to be the first, second, and third option in that series against Golden State. And in the end, it didn't matter a damn thing. So getting Jamal to a place where you can trust him and you can put him into different situations and he's going to thrive, it's a really, really big deal. And I think that Nicola really senses that and more importantly, like I, I think Nicola has that sense of like how guys want to be viewed, how like the personalities and, and the feelings and that 
and he does a great job of massaging that a little bit. I think he knows that Jamal wants to be a star. Jamal wants to be seen as a star. Now, he may say that he doesn't care, but I, I do think he cares. I think that he believes in, and he has that desire to uh, show up in these moments and, and really prove to the world that, hey, I'm still here. And, and so Nicole, I think, has his back in a big way. And it's great to see that stamp of approval from the best player. Nicole Jokic on his matchup with Carl Anthony Towns. It's not about me versus him or whatever. It's about Nuggets versus Timberwolves. I think that's how my mindset is going into this, uh, going into the game. And that's pretty cool. That's always good because I think for Tim, for the Timberwolves and for Timberwolves fans and for Nuggets fans for a while, the Jokic versus Towns matchup was always kind of personal. It was always kind of a thing that you had in the back of your mind and saying, yeah, this is a this is a matchup that you want your guy to succeed at. But Nicola immediately dispelling that and say, nah, this is definitely not where his mind is at. It's definitely not. It's just about winning the game. And I'm glad that he's in that position. It definitely seems like seems like he's in a great place uh, mentally for this series. And contrast that, of course, with the way that Cat approached it and the way that Cat was very pent up and, and not necessarily as mentally disciplined as he needed to be. I think there's a good contrast there. Nikola Jokic on how the T-Wolves are guarding the post. To be honest, I didn't have that many post-ups because I don't think that's where the advantage is. The advantage is in the movement and moving side to side because they have two bigs in the game. And that might change throughout the series if, if there are more times where either Rudy is on the court or Cat is on the court and they're not sharing it at the same time. But there will always be overlap there. Like just here, here's the math. If each of those guys plays 32 minutes and you perfectly split up their minutes, there will be 16 minutes where Cat is on the floor, 16 minutes where Gobert is on the floor, and 16 minutes where they share the court. So the overlap isn't like that much, but there's enough there that if you are in a situation where you're going up against those two as a tandem, then probably shouldn't be posting up. You should probably be moving, cutting, spacing, uh, doing things that perimeter-oriented teams do, not the teams that want to just feed the big fella. So that's a pretty interesting thing. I tweeted this interaction earlier. Mike Singer asked, uh, was Tim talking any trash? And this was about Tim Connolly because uh, Nicola said that he had talked to Tim Connolly and Mike Inori. Uh, Mike Singer asked, was Tim talking any trash? Nicola said, nah, Tim is a good guy. Uh, Mike followed up, were you talking any trash? And Jokic says, nah, that's not my style. And that's very Nicola. It's a very, very Nicola thing to say. And it's not surprising at all because that's just that's who he is. He's not going to be a guy that like tries to get under your skin like that. He's just going to be very friendly, uh, trusting in the game and then trusting in his own work and, and not really trying to spark anything. Like that's just, he's never been about that. KCP, uh, KCP had some really good thoughts today. Uh, he's going to be a very, very important piece for Denver for a long time, I think, or at least a significant time, like through these playoffs uh, for next season. And that we'll, we'll see after that. Uh, but KCP says, quote, we played great throughout the season, but we had a lot or throughout the game, but we had a lot of mistakes defensively and offensively. We watched film today and came back in to fix what we needed. And that's the professional mentality that the Nuggets have needed throughout this entire process. I, I think that 
not being able to sit on your laurels, not being able to uh, just comfortably say, oh, yeah, we're good. And, and who cares? Like, we'll just approach the game willy nilly. That's a great thing. And I think the vets that Denver has in the building right now with DeAndre, Jeff, Ish, KCP, those guys have really set a standard in terms of how Denver has to approach it. I think that a lot of people were confused about Denver's mentality throughout the regular season. The vets were still a, doing a good job of keep, keeping Denver on track, but I, I think they knew exactly when to push those buttons because of the experiences that they have. And it was more about, hey, here's the timing of this, as opposed to what to like, like, you don't have to go fully hard for 82 games. You just have to pick and choose your spots, pick and choose your moments. And then the vets have all turned it up. There's no doubt about that. And Denver's stars and, and other young guys have really, really followed suit. KCP on trying to play perfectly. I asked him about this question because there was a there was a sentiment about, hey, you allowed 80 points, but all of the conversation has been about about like improving and, and seeing, hey, here are the mistakes that you made. You can be better in this area. I thought that was pretty interesting, or at least a, a pretty interesting mentality to have. KCP said, it's important. The more we take care of the ball, rebound, and get out in transition where we're best at, the better off we'll be. That's all we need from us. Defend, rebound, just play our game. Uh, again, it's just a very healthy mentality, very healthy mindset for Denver where they are approaching this from a, a no uh, no questions mindset, no uh, kind of leaving anything to doubt. They are going to try to prepare themselves as best as they can. And look, if they prepare themselves as best they can, they could still screw up. There's no doubt about that. But I do think that they put themselves into the best possible position when they prepare the way that they do. And it looks like the team is taking that approach. KCP, uh, quote, the team that's physical, defends, and rebounds will win the series. Not a, like, not a super in-depth quote here, but that's from the words of a player on the team. Denver has not necessarily been the most physical team throughout the year, but they do have moments where they can turn it up. And whether they can do this for 48 minutes of a full series and then also do it in the semifinals and conference finals and NBA finals, like I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up and do this physically for the entire time, but they at least had a great start. Like You just need to get 16 wins, and now, now you need to get 15. That's the great thing about approaching game one the way that they did. KCP, quote, I pride myself on the defensive end. For me, that's where I get my energy and my confidence from. Dot, dot, dot. Getting steals, get out in transition, get easy layups, get a rebound here or there. It keeps me from worrying about not getting shots. This is why he was such a great fit. This is why. Like, this is this boiled down to a T. Is because he's not worried about all the other stuff, all the dramatic stuff, the big time shots. Those things are going to happen. Because if he runs, like what he did, like he got multiple threes last game by just simply running in transition and the team wanted to find him because he's really good at that. And that's a really cool, really cool aspect of this is that Denver likes to reward the players that work hard and are good vets and are uh, trying to do the best that they can and, and approach things in the right way. You see it with how they interact with DeAndre Jordan and how Jamal Murray wanted to set him up for multiple lobs. While he was out there, KCP, it's the same way. The way that he approaches things, the team loves him. The team wants him to be successful. They're going to continue to find him. And even if he is the fourth or fifth option, 
they're still going to try. Like They're still going to make it work. And that's the great thing about running a motion offense as opposed to just an isolation offense. They are going to involve everybody because they have to. And so KCB gets to feel like he's like still a part of things, even if the ball doesn't find him all the time. Like it finds him more often than it does in like Houston with James Harden and Chris Paul or uh, hell, like you could pick an isolation offense, Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Like the ball doesn't really get shared out there. So it's pretty interesting to see the mentality shift. Couple more here from Michael Malone. Uh, Michael Malone is definitely one of those guys where he's very focused on not letting up. Uh, quote, if anybody felt that we could come up for air, we could exhale, we could feel good about ourselves, you're wrong. There's a lot of things we could do better in game one, and that's what I showed today. It's talking about the film sessions, talking about the cleanup, talking about the aspect of that, where you are doing your best to provide the, like the, provide the most information to your team that you possibly can, work on the things that make you a better team. And it was good of, of Malone, I think, to show the failures as opposed to just showing the successes. I, I'm like they basked in it for sure. Like they they really appreciated the way that that team came out and played. But now you got to turn the page. Uh, Jamal Murray said it in post game on Sunday. Like you just got to move on and, and prepare for game two. I think this team, like the mentality that they brought to this, is really exciting. More Michael Malone quote: I know full well that it's going to be a completely different game tomorrow. You're going to see an ultra-aggressive Minnesota Timberwolves team, especially Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk about this more in the second segment, but I expect this too. I expect the Timberwolves to be much better. Like we talked about before, they didn't have as much intensity and urgency and desire to win as they probably could have. And now that you're down 1-0 and you have to make a statement, this is a big time where if you want to shake the boat a little bit, if you want to try to be an upset team, you got to do it now. You can't wait until you go home because if Denver just defends their home court, Minnesota's never going to get back into the series. Like that's that's how it's got to be. So we'll talk about that more in just a bit. And Michael Malone on the areas of improvement from the film. Offensively, we didn't turn the ball over a ton, but we know they thrive on turnovers. I'd say almost half our turnovers were dribbling into a crowd. Uh, Jamal had a couple of those. I think uh, there weren't a ton of individual turnovers from guys. I, I thought that that was one thing that Denver did a good job of. It's just avoiding the like the easy stuff. And sometimes you're, you're always going to have some things where look, you just make a mistake, you make a bad read. It happens. And if you just limit that number of times, that's great. That's the easiest way to fix things. And, and it sound, sounds like they're really approaching that well. So I continue to maintain... Denver's in a good place. They know exactly what's expected of them. They know how they have to approach this. And it's just exciting for it's just exciting for Nuggets fans, I think, to be in this position where you can see the team is very confident. You can see the team is staying ready. And they're going to approach this in the most professional way that they possibly can. So should be good. Uh, but for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss all the quotes and adjustments pertaining to Game 2 specifically. But first, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Folks, baseball is back. The push for the postseason is here for hockey and for hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook. They are the best wagering app around. 
with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 deposit, uh, dollar bonus, excuse me, when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. This is Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back with Big Action Roll. Action Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure to give this episode a like on the YouTube side if you appreciate the content there. If you're on the podcast side, we're at 198 ratings on the podcast on Apple. Be great to push it up over 200. If you're new, if you haven't seen this podcast before and you haven't, uh, or if you haven't rated on that side, then that would be very, very helpful for me. Okay, let's get back into these quotes. I just want to go over some of these, and I wanted to separate them a little bit because I, there's just a lot to talk about. I, I had a lot of good quotes that that the Nuggets provided today, and a lot of good mentality stuff. Nikola Jokic on ways the Nuggets can play better. Quote: I just think being more aggressive, more focused. Don't have those minutes with lack of communication, lack of focus. Just have a complete game. It's pretty funny that Denver didn't feel like they had a complete game in game one. Like, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. There are definitely some things offensively that they could work on. Uh, there were some aspects of the offense that I think that they probably have to improve on. Uh, KCP actually, I think, made a good point here. Quote, for us, we have to be able to get into our sets faster than we did because it was at some points uh, where we weren't even in a set. We still made the play, but we weren't in a set. We weren't organized. This is mostly on Jamal. This is mostly on Jamal, I think, taking on the the pressure that was applied to him full court and making sure that the team is getting into their sets as quickly as possible in game two. It's probably not as important as it was in game one, just because I think the Timberwolves will be more adjusted to the altitude and everything. But if Jokic can continue to push the pace, if AG can continue to push the pace in transition. Jamal, of course, that's going to be one of the ways where if Denver has an advantage, if they run on a miss, if they, even if they're inbounding and Jamal tries to get the ball up before, let's say Rudy gets back down uh, into the half court under the rim, then he's going to be in a great position and it's going to throw the Timberwolves all out of whack. And that's an important aspect of this. I do think that Nikhil Alexander-Walker will still spend a lot of time on Jamal Murray and try to slow down the Nuggets in the half to a, a half-court game. But Denver's pace wasn't exactly fast. They were just more opportunistic. And I think that they ran at pretty much every opportunity that they could. So the Timberwolves didn't turn the ball over a ton. I, I didn't expect that from them. I, I didn't think that they would, despite the fact that they're a little sloppy. There were definitely times where Denver could have turned them over even more. So. On those opportunities, I think that Denver's going to have to push the pace even faster uh, because that definitely benefits Denver. Minnesota, they they have some young legs. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of their wings, a lot of their forwards are still very athletic and do great in transition. KCP talked about that as well. So 
Transition play is still going to be a big deal. Uh, I would expect that to be one of Denver's big things. KCP also said, I feel like in game two is where you have the most adjustments because game one, you're trying to figure out what's going on. We think they'll be where they're going to be physical in game two, so we'll have to be ready for that. That was also like probably the biggest sentiment was that Denver felt like there could have been more physicality for Minnesota in game two or in game one that wasn't there. I can see that as Anthony Edwards in pick and roll. This is something that Michael Malone mentioned. This is something that uh, I think I think Nicola mentioned this too. But this is something where if you're going to get downhill, whether it's Towns, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Conley, whether it's whoever, they have to put more pressure on the rib and more pressure on Nikola Jokic to guard than they did. There were definitely moments where Jokic was very good defensively. There were definitely moments where they spaced him out a little bit better and put him into a tough position. But a lot of that was a little bit more finesse too. Like They weren't trying to drive through him a lot of the time. There were a couple of times where Anthony Edwards drove into Jokic, drew a foul on one of them, I think finished over him a couple of times. He's got to do that more. Like If, if Edwards isn't himself physically, which I think is also a possibility that he, he was apparently dealing with kind of an undisclosed shoulder injury at one point. So if that's a thing, if that's a thing that continues to pop up for him, then that's a problem. That's obviously going to make things more difficult for the Timberwolves to be the best that they can be. But aggressiveness, physicality, when I hear that, I also think of Towns post-ups. I think of him trying to get that switch, whether it's again, like, Against Bruce Brown, at one point he got a switch, didn't really back him down, shot with the wrong hand when spinning over his right shoulder. Like, he shot with his right spinning to his right. That's bad. Like, just do the big man thing, and if you spin over your right shoulder, throw up a left hook, go off glass if you need to, but then get on the offensive glass and just be a a physical beast down there, because you should be. When they have Carl Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Kyle Anderson out there, they should be attacking the glass. They should be trying to grab offensive rebounds. They didn't do that. They only grabbed five the entire game last game. And that was a great thing for Denver. They cleared the defensive glass, even in contested situations. There was one that Michael Porter grabbed. He grabbed 11 rebounds, 10 defensive last game. There was one that he grabbed where he had somebody else was trying to steal the ball from him, take it from him. They just ripped it away from him, yanked it away from the, the other guy. Uh, started the offensive break, and that's a really, really exciting thing because there have been a lot of times where Porter, his hands just haven't been strong enough, and then he kind of loses the ball in those situations. So it's cool to see him grow in that. Uh, but I also think like the physicality is going to bear out in a lot of other ways too. I think the Timberwolves will be a little bit more physical on the defensive end. They will try to avoid – like they'll try to get Jokic to score one-on-one more like Jokic only took 12 shots in the game. I think he only took two shots in the second half because he didn't really have to. I think that they will try to get him to be more of an offensive like focal point from a scoring perspective and try to shut down as much of the Murray and Porter actions as they possibly can because I think letting those guys get going, especially in that second half, really put the game away. And if you're the T-Wolves, you want Jokic to try to score 50. You don't want MPJ and Murray and Jokic to be doing their thing. Like, that's a bad thing. Like, at one point, 
I remember Murray saying this really early. You want him to, or you want like Jokic to have to do everything, but the Timberwolves, or not not the Timberwolves, the Nuggets. They had everybody in double digits at one point, where you had like everybody from eleven to fifteen points, and that's Denver's identity to a T. Like they don't want to have to have featured scorers. They would like to have everybody contributing, everybody doing everything. And it makes the game more fun that way for them. And the team doesn't have egos like they, they used to. Like, I think Porter had a little bit more of an ego. I think Murray had a little bit more of an ego. But right now, those guys are just trying to win. So they are trying to, like, they're trying to do whatever they can. And I think the Timberwolves being physical, trying to make things more difficult for them on both ends of the floor, trying to muck up the game a little bit, use their defensive talent in a bit better of a way. Like Anthony Edwards should be a great defender with how athletic and physical he is. Rudy Gobert, already a great defender, despite the fact that Jokic had some great moments against him. There are also some moments where Jokic got a shot blocked because he went to one too many spins. Like there's definitely opportunities for the Timberwolves to be better. And I, I think that that's going to come from aggressiveness. That's going to come from physicality. And the Timberwolves are going to try to get downhill. They're going to try to get more free throws. They didn't get enough free throws last game. And they missed the ones that they got. So it's tough. Like they're going to have to figure that out. But I do think it's going to be a big deal. Um, Cedric says, need the bench to get some big scores. I think that's a big deal too. Uh, Denver didn't have a bunch of bench production uh, this last time. But I do actually, whoops, I screwed that up. Uh, Yeah, Denver didn't have a lot of bench production this time around. Bruce Brown was very good. DeAndre Jordan got some bus- uh, he got some baskets, but Christian Brown only had three points. Jeff Green had, I think, zero. So if they can put more pressure on those guys instead of Jamal or instead of AG, then that's going to be a big, big factor in trying to win those other minutes. But I think the fact that the Timberwolves, like, they know that, like, the Nuggets know that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be more aggressive. I think that's going to manifest itself in a couple of different ways. One of those is trying to get Jokic on an island, trying to get him to guard in space, trying to take advantage of his lack of mobility compared to Towns. I think that that's going to be a big deal. They're going to try to get him open from three. But also on the second unit, Towns just has to be better when he's going up against Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon and Christian Brown and Bruce Brown. Like He's got to be better than that. Devil was switching everything in those lineups and Towns just wasn't focused enough and purposeful enough in order to make those things happen. So I think that Denver's going to have, like, they're, they're still going to have some success there, but if they, like, one of the big differences in the last game, like, you know that Jokic and the starters are going to be positive. Like, that's just how good they are. The bench was also double-digit positive. Like, that's that's not something that the T-Wolves can really count on. Like, they have to be better against those non-Jokic minutes. So if Denver can still win those non-Jokic minutes, like, the way that they did, they're going to be in, in a great place, like just a, a fantastic place. So we'll see if it continues, but I am very certain that Anthony Edwards is going to be better. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be better. Well, actually, I'm not certain about those things, but I know that they're going to try to go run through the brick wall. And those guys are athletic enough and capable enough that they can do that. So Denver, if they can defend without fouling, if they can avoid some of the bad stuff, like Aaron Gordon got three fouls in 10 minutes the last time he guarded Towns, try to avoid that, please. Like, that's a good way to do it. 
I think that the Porter at the four minutes worked pretty well. And if Denver can just space them out, try to make things easier for themselves offensively and switch everything defensively, they're going to be okay. Uh, Christian Brown's going to be helpful. KCP obviously has been very helpful defensively. There's a lot to like about where Denver's at there. Michael Malone also had a quote about making pre-adjustments. Quote, knowing that team, what they like to do, what they like to go to at times, dot, dot, dot. We know they're going to do some things differently, whether that's rotationally, whether that's matchup wise or how they play. That's the thing we stress to our players. Expect a much more aggressive Townsend Edwards. Look, Denver knows. Denver knows that, like, there was also a quote that Michael Malone said, but, like, when you when you lose by 29, you know it's coming. Like, when the other team loses by 29, you know it's coming. There's going to be physical, uh, physical play. There's going to be a much more concerted effort. They don't like being embarrassed if you're the Timberwolves. So there's going to be a lot of counters to that. And Denver's just going to have to be ready. If they're not ready, then we're going to know pretty quickly. But I do think that Denver's ready. Just everything that they, everything that they had, everything that they said, everything that they've pushed over the course of today, it seems like they're in a good place. Seems like they are as focused as we've ever seen them. And I mean, this is just a, a different mentality than yesteryear's nuggets. Like they just they just know what they have to accomplish and they know how to do it. So the only question is actually getting it done. And and I think that they're in that process. So really cool stuff. Uh other adjustments. Let's go to the, the comments here. Uh KB82 asks. Do you think we sh- they should have given Peyton Watson more minutes when it was a blowout to get him some playoff minutes? No. Uh, I think that they had, like, he got like five minutes, right? It, it wasn't anything crazy. I think that in general, they know what Peyton Watson is going to have to do. They know that he's going to be in a position where he's just going to guard. He's not going to be asked to do anything offensively. He's going to guard and switch and do all of those things. They had him guarding Nathan Knight at times, the backup, one of the backup centers for the Timberwolves. I don't think they're really worried about Peyton Watson. In general, I think that Denver knows that they can go to different options, but this is one of those things about Malone. This is one of those things about, like you talked about pre-adjustments. But what he's really talking about there is like there are certain things that you can game plan for. There are certain things that like you just have to adjust to on the fly. They're going to try to do the same exact thing. They are not going to try to conform to what they think the Timberwolves are going to do. They're not going to do a bunch of pre-adjustments like I talked about. Uh, They are going to try to be the Denver Nuggets. And that involves Jeff Green, who was very good defensively yesterday or on, on Sunday. And I want to stress that. He was very, very good, as was Aaron Gordon when he was out there, as was DeAndre Jordan when he was out there. So... I, I think that Nuggets fans in general they they put a little bit too put a little bit too much pressure on Malone. I think that he's pushed all the right buttons. I think that he sounds and looks a little bit shaky when it comes to like his actual confidence and whatnot. But I, I do think that look Denver's going to be just fine. They had a thirty point lead. I'm not really confu- uh, concerned about all of this, but. Peyton Watson will get his opportunity. There will be a time for it. It doesn't have to be now. Maybe it's in the next series. Maybe it's in the series after that. But like if, they, if they're lucky enough to get there. So look, I, I think that Denver's going to be just fine with the rotation that they had. 
and they should wait until the other team like actually does something against them to actually adjust. Because if you remember, this is the one time where Denver's really trying hard. And if they continue to try hard, then like if they continue to try hard, I don't think they're going to have to change that much because I think they're just better than the Timberwolves. That's the most important thing kind of taking away from these last couple of days. I think the Nuggets are just better. And I think that they think that they're better. And the most important thing for Denver is that they continue to approach it that way, but also prove it. Like, you have to have that confidence, but you have to prove it. And Denver has done that. So, really good stuff from all of the media availability. Let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the other playoff games and the other playoff matchups that have been going on around the NBA. I want takes from the chat, folks. I want want takes on the other series when we come back. Um, But first, I do want to share, we have a fun thing going. Uh, Stiff's Night Out is back. Stiff's Night Out is back, and we are doing Game 2 and Game 3 watch parties at different locations. This one is at Sportsbook Bar and Grill. It's going to be tomorrow. Today is the 18th of April. Tomorrow on Wednesday, 19th of April. Uh, The game is at 8 o'clock. Be there at 7.30. There's going to be a ton of stuff. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be tickets. There's going to be beer. There's going to be sports. There's going to be betting at the Sportsbook Bar and Grill. Uh, Excited to partner with Denver Stiffs now. Uh, Mile High Sports Denver Stiffs coming together for a Stiffs night out. This is a watch party. Should be about having fun. Should be about enjoying this time. I am looking forward to it. Uh, So everybody, make sure to go check out that Denver Stiffs watch party, the Stiffs Night Out at the Sportsbook Bar and Grill, 52 Springer Drive, Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Uh, Mild stopping grounds. So make sure to check it out. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. segment, pickaxe and roll, Ryan Black from here. I hope everybody goes to check out that Stiff's Night Out, by the way. I won't be able to go, just covering the game in person, but my boss, Nate Lundy, will be there. There will be a lot of folks on both the MHS and Denver Stiff side that are going to be over there as well, so it's going to be some fun opportunities to watch a game together, and that one will be in Highlands Ranch. The next one will be in Lakewood, so if you can't make it to Highlands Ranch or you can't make it to Denver, then make it to Lakewood. There's there's going to be a lot of opportunities to come hang out if you are a Nuggets fan. Okay, final segment here. Let's get into the other playoff matchups around the NBA. Uh, we'll start in the East real quick, just kind of running through it. Milwaukee versus Miami. That game's going to be really interesting if Giannis doesn't play. I think it's a game time decision, or is going to be a game time decision tomorrow. Uh, they play an hour before uh, Nuggets D-Wolves tips off. So we'll probably know a little bit more about Giannis's status, but Miami taking that first game, it's not really a surprise. I think that's going to be a dogfight. I do think that the Bucks are very famous for losing game ones. They're not a good game one team. They are very much like they've done that against the Bulls. They've done that against, I think, the Magic, the Raptors. They've done that against a, a variety of teams where 
They should be way better in those situations, but just aren't. So if Giannis is okay, if Giannis is actually fine, then they're they're going to win that series, and then they'll move on and face whoever wins the Cleveland versus New York series. But I do think that like the Bucks, they're, they're going to have to work for it. And the most important thing, if you're Denver, is that he's got to be like or you, you've got to be not working for it if you are like if you are in the first round. If the Bucks have to work for it in the first round, then Denver's going to be in a good position. Like just every other team has has feel like they have to work for their wins. So Denver's got to figure that out. Uh, Boston versus Atlanta, pretty much a snoozer. I'm definitely not worried about that outcome. I think Boston's going to win that in four, maybe five games, depending on if Atlanta can kind of put something together here. But Boston's just a way better team. They are going to be perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Just got, got some weird comments and got a piece of cheddar telling everybody how to bet in the in the comments section. Make sure not to not to check that out if you're if you're listening to the podcast version. Um Denver's gonna be like not Denver. Um Boston's gonna be just fine. They're gonna move on. They'll probably face Philly, who is dominating their own matchup now against the Brooklyn Nets. That is going to be something that Nuggets fans will obviously want to root against Philly. Like they don't want anything. Like, I just want horrible things for Philly based off of everything that's happened this year and the last couple of years. Like they don't deserve it. They absolutely don't. Um, We will see what it looks like, but I'm in general, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about that Knicks Cavs series. I think that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Obviously the Knicks take game one, but I don't think that they're as talented as the Cavs are. But there is something to be said about the Cavs. If, if they can't guard Jalen Brunson, which is not really a surprise that they can't, then that's going to be hell for them. Like they've got a bunch of drop bigs. They've got Isaac Okoro, who is supposed to be their main defender. But if Jalen Brunson can still get to wherever he wants to go, then that's going to be a problem for them because he, he can he can turn a series. But they'll adjust. Like I think the Cavs will still adjust. I think that they'll probably still win in seven. But not a surprise that they that the Knicks took game one. Uh, they, they're going to have a lot of faith there. Should be very interesting. Um, yeah, going to be fun. Obviously, Nuggets-Wolves is the way that it is. Kings-Warriors. Actually, oh no, we'll go, we'll go to Suns-Clippers first because that's tonight. Suns-Clippers. Gosh, it's so great if the Clippers could take game two. I don't know if they're going to be able to. But like watching the first game, I didn't get to watch a ton of it because it was on right before the Nuggets uh Wolves game on game one. Watching what they were able to do, uh even if Russell Westbrook was three of nineteen, and and I was watching that game in the third quarter, the dude was making horrible decisions. And I, I didn't get to watch the fourth quarter that much, so I, I did see like the the rebounds at the end and, and some of the hustle plays that he made. So like he he did contribute to the win, but there are ways for the Clippers to be much better than where they were. Like, they do not need Russell Westbrook to shoot 19 times, nor should Russell Westbrook feel the need to shoot 19 times. He can make an impact without having to do that. They have good talent around him. Now, the Suns didn't really double Kawhi Leonard. They probably can, and they probably should, if we're being honest, especially if he is the main guy. Like, if if if... Kawhi is going to be the main guy for them, and they don't really have a great second option. They should be doubling him. They should force other players to make good decisions with the basketball. 
Because if Russ is forced to, to making good decisions and they don't get as many shot attempts for Kawhi Leonard, that's going to be a problem for the Clippers. So I still would pick the Suns in that series. I still would definitely pick the Suns over the Clippers, but can they win the series? Yeah, I, I could see a path. I could see a path if, if uh, Paul George was able to come back towards the tail end of the series, but Woj made it sound like it's not expected. And I just don't really have a lot of faith in the Clippers other than Kawhi to execute the game plan that well. I think the Suns have a little bit more growth with the way that they can use Kevin Durant, with the way that they can use Devin Booker. Although there's not a ton, like Daniel Daniel hits on his right on the head here. Suns have no depth. Like that's a big deal. That is a big, big problem uh, for them. And then like they just don't have a lot of people that they can trust. So if that series does go long, it's obviously the best thing that the Nuggets can have happen. Like you do not want a Suns team that is rested. The worst thing for I think the worst thing for the Nuggets would be if they had a long series and the Suns had a short series, because it would mean that they like in the minutes that they did play, they can still recover. They'll have a couple days off. They'll have plenty of time waiting for Denver to get ready. But I do think that it, the opposite could happen here. Like if the Nuggets have a short series and the Suns, maybe they win, but they have to win in six or seven, then that puts so much more pressure on them physically to hold up because Chris Ball, not really holding up physically that well. Kevin Durant, he it's hard, it's hard to know what to think about Kevin Durant. But more than anything, it just puts on more minutes on a rotation that is really, really stressed right now. So that's going to be a big deal for Denver if the Clippers or like the Clippers win, then Denver still has an advantage there, obviously. But if the Suns win, like I'm starting to be okay with that matchup. I'm starting to be okay with it. Should be fascinating. Um Warriors Suns, uh not no, Warriors, uh Warriors Kings. Kings just doing crazy stuff. Like <laughs> going up 2-0 in that series is amazing. Uh that's gonna be a really, really fascinating series for the rest of this. This is the Warriors' mortality facing them. And if the Warriors lose in the first round to the Kings, I think it does validate some of the regular season talk. Like, regular season does matter. The Warriors didn't win a game on the road. That's obviously a thing that's going to gonna follow them. Like they struggle on the road. Now, they're fantastic at home, but if the Kings are able to steal a home game, like the Kings were a pretty good road team, if the Kings can get one of games three or four, going to put so much pressure on the Warriors. And even if they come back and win that series down 3-1, like they're still going to have to fight, scratch, and claw like just to make it out of the first round. And then you're probably going to be greeted with the Lakers. Um, not a super exciting prospect for them. I love watching the Kings. Light the beam, baby. Like That's been amazing. It's been amazing to see that arena and how crazy those fans are. Uh, it's going to be very, very fun. Um, Chatterhead, like, this is a Nuggets podcast, man. Like, obviously the Nuggets have not made the finals yet, but there's no reason why they can't this year. Like, what are we doing? Uh, just being dumb. Don't, don't go to the comments, baby. All right. I think that the Lakers are probably in a good position where they could win that series against the Grizzlies. I think the, obviously the, the, Warriors are probably not going to win that series, even if they're down 2-0. Like, they're down 2-0, and I think people still have a lot of faith in them. But it's just a lot of pressure to have to come back and win four of your next five. Like, that's that's a lot. 
from they can't. They can't. We've seen teams like down 2-0 win the next four. We've seen teams down 2-0 win four of the next five. Like, it can happen. And the Warriors could absolutely do it. But like Draymond's stomp on DeMontis Sabonis, it's just a pretty interesting way for them to go. It's a pretty interesting way. Like he's not going to get suspended. But it does feel like that team is fraying a little bit. Like they were talking about Jordan Poole's injuries. They're talking about Draymond. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff. I, I'm very interesting. Very what is God, this is this is brutal. Like this this guy in the comments is just brutal. Uh I'm very curious to see what happens with this Nuggets team. I'm very curious to see what happens in the rest of the West. If I had to predict it right now, I'd say the Nuggets probably play the Suns. I'd say the Lakers probably play the Kings. If the Kings can get past the Lakers and the Nuggets get past the Suns, that's going to be hilarious for the NBA. It's going to be hilarious to have to watch uh, Adam Silver have to navigate that, where he had an opportunity to have LeBron versus KD Lakers versus Suns in a Western Conference Finals, and instead they have to go, holy cow, like they they have to go Kings Nuggets, and like you've got Sabonis versus Jokic, Fox versus Murray, like it's gonna be hilarious. That's gonna be it's gonna be so freaking funny. Um dude, it's gonna be great. If 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 they could make that happen, then that would be fantastic. Um I don't think the Clippers are gonna be able to get this done. I don't think that, like, I, I still have more faith in KD and Devin Booker and Chris Paul than I do in the Clippers and their support, like Kawhi and his supporting cast. Like, it's just not going to happen. But if it does, like, I'll be proven wrong. And, oh, no, the Nuggets have to play the Clippers <laughs> in the second round. That'll be just fine with me. So, all right, folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. I uh, had a good show. Good show today. Lots of fun stuff uh, in the chat. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Going to be a very, very interesting time. I'm going to try to record tomorrow night. I'm going to do what I can to get the article out that I need to after the game. Nuggets are going to play at 8 o'clock. I'm going to try to record at probably 12.30 a.m. So it's going to be a late night. I understand, but I'm flying out on Thursday to go to Minneapolis and go watch this series on the road. So going to need all the time that I can get, but everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support on the show. As always, hit that like button on the way out. I'll talk to you guys very soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.